Hello, welcome to episode 23 of Sequel Pitch, a podcast in which four friends get together to pitch a sequel to a movie that doesn't have one. There's love, laughter, bickering, and lots of clones. I'm your host, <laughs> Ross Harmston, and joining me this week, as ever, is a man that, much like Slipknot, has a disappointing end. It's Matthew Rushton. <laughs> the best description out. of me yet. <laughs> I mean, in his pictures, he always oh, has a disappointing end to his picture. I could, I, you know what? I worked on that all the way through on my journey in the train this morning, and I was like, okay, this way. And now I have to explain it. Anyway, uh, with him is a man that can dance sexier than Cara Delevingne. It's Andy Henry. Careful, I also trap the souls of my enemies in my podcast mic, but I don't ever use that ability. (laughs) And and lastly, is a man that dotes on plot development and character progression like Harley Quinn dotes on Joker. It's Mm. Drew Toynbee. Hello there. Hello. So, if you haven't already guessed by the title of this episode, the boys are pitching me sequels to David Ayer's 2016 Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. And in case none of you have seen it, I'm going to give you a summary of the movie that will be some length of time. Maybe (laughs) 60 seconds, maybe one hour. Who knows? Probably not 60 seconds. So, here we go. In the aftermath of Superman's death, intelligence officer Amanda Waller convinces the US government to greenlight Task Force X, a response team of criminals and supervillains. The team will be used to combat me- metahuman, the metahuman threat under Waller's control via nano nanite bombs implanted in each criminal's neck, which can be remotely detonated. If successful, they will have their sentences shortened. Dr. June Moore, an American archaeologist, becomes possessed by a demonic witch, Enchantress. Waller can control the Enchantress by seizing her magical heart, which wounds her if it is struck. Waller's subordinate, Colonel Rick Flagg, is in love with Moon and is made a member of the Task Force X. However, Enchantress betrays Waller, conquering Midway City, transforming humans into monsters and summoning her brother, Incubus, not the band, to destroy mankind. Task Force X is formed to stop Enchantress using inmates that consist of the hitman, Deadshot, who wants to reunite with his daughter Zoe, Harley Quinn, a former psychiatrist turned girlfriend of Gotham's crime lord Joker, Australian thief Captain Boomerang, pyrotechnic ex-gangster El Diablo, mutant cannibal Killer Croc, and mercenary Slipknot. They, uh, the team, are led by Flag and are joined by his associate Katana, a Japanese swordswoman. Waller and Flag deliberate, deliberately hide the latter's relationship with Moon. Upon arrival in Midway City, the team's helicopter is shot down, forcing them to travel on foot. Slipknot gets his head blown off by Flag when he tries to escape. The team then uh, discover Waller is trying to cover up her involvement in the re- Enchantress Revolt. Meanwhile. Joker learns of Harley's predicament, locates Argus scientist Dr. Van Chris, and blackmails him into disabling Harley Quinn's bomb. Uh, as Waller and the squad await the helicopter extraction, the Joker intervenes, disables Harley's bomb, and helps her escape. Waller shoots down uh, Joker's helicopter, through, though Harley survives and rejoins the squad. Waller decides to get on a helicopter, and that is also shot down by the Enchantress's uh, and in the Enchantress kidnaps her to regain her heart. Deadshot finds Waller's confidential files, discovering Flag's relationship with Moon. The team abandon Flag, sharing a drink in an abandoned bar, but they have a heart-to-heart, and then for some reason they decide to get back to work. Um, the squad locate the Enchantress in a flooded subway city. Uh, subway city? Subway station. They have a fight with uh, Incubus, Killer Croc and Flag's platoon of of navy seals plant the bomb beneath the subway el diablo sacrifices himself to allow the bomb to destroy incubus for some reason uh enchantress invites the squad to join her and harley appears tempted but uses it as a ruse and cuts out enchantress's heart she is defeated and releases moon from her control Waller appears removing 10 years off of each member's uh, squad member's sentence and rewards them with their request, except Boomerang, because he's a dick. The Joker alive breaks 
uh, into the Bell River and Reeve, <coughs> Bell Reeve, and rescues Harley Quinn. And in a mid-credit scene, Waller meets with Bruce Wayne, who agrees to aid her reputation in uh, exchange for government files of the growing meta-human community in order to build his own superhero team. She advises him to stop working late nights, implying she knows he's Bruce. Uh, uh, she knows Bruce is Batman. He tells Waller to shut down Task Force X. That was far longer than I needed to do for that. <laughs> or, uh, for that. But so, boys, what do we think? What I do mean, we think of this movie? I'm gone, gone. I was going to say you've covered the whole movie. That's a that's a <laughs> strong synopsis, and there's not really much yeah. more to talk about. The one thing you haven't <laughs> talked about is by far the best part of this movie, which is its soundtrack. Yeah, and one might say one yeah. of the only good things yeah. in this movie. But the soundtrack. Touché. But the soundtrack is just found music, though. And I, it's. I, I, I would I wouldn't say that it's not like I didn't go oh this this orchestral music is so good it's just somebody's gone ah let's put someone's gone through the iPod yeah, yeah. someone's just it's good well, it works it's not just it's not just going through the iPod it is finding the most on the nose song <laughs> oh, possible gosh, for yeah. the scenario that it yeah. shows up in like it's it is it's insane <laughs> yeah. how like it, it, but it at least feels... they picked good songs for all yeah, those on the nose songs. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah. it feels funny that they. That it feels like they really, really wanted to go for a Guardians of the Galaxy vibe to the extent oh, yeah. that they even used one or two songs that are on the Guardians soundtrack. <laughs> and but in Guardians, it has an in-world reason to be there. And this was, as as far as I understand it, from uh, a few different videos on re on youtube and things which have been far better researched and can speak with more knowledge than me notably dan olsen's video on why the editing in particular of this film is bloody awful um but apparently the trailer house that made the first trailer that was set to bohemian rhapsody basically warner brothers were like this is everyone loves this trailer and it's nothing like the actual film which is going to be really grim and dark and moody and so the entire film was re-edited to be more more in t the tone of that first trailer wow than ah. david Ayer's script as 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 i understand it i may have got details wrong mm. look for folding ideas video on suicide squad and you will you will okay, learn a great deal i definitely heard that as well uh what do you do you think andy do you agree with drew and in... it's terrible come on <laughs> come on how long were the intros how long was this film yeah how long were the intros <laughs> And then, like, the first... And then it gets into it. And then all these characters, basically, some have relevance to what they're doing. Some don't. Some are pointless, like Katana, literally. Like, well, the sword that... Katana like, does... Boomerang. K Katana, like, she's introduced on the helicopter and then does... She gets the shortest introduction. It's funny, the introductions... Was it me or they just get shorter and shorter depending on how, like, famous the person, like, was? Obviously, like, Will Smith I mean, and, Har and uh, Margot Robbie got low, like, really big ones. Yeah. And then, yeah, Katana was like, yeah, this is a girl that's got a, got a sword. Well, and it's just the absurd thing where it is just, just um, away. Rick, Rick Flagg just speaking, just talking yeah. to the squad on the helicopter yeah. and just giving a full paragraph of exposition on this character who then does <laughs> nothing consequential to the plot <laughs> at Her all. Her name's Katana. She's also, real good boomerang. with a Katana. Okay. Um, well, this is Killer this Croc is... really doesn't do anything. Well, yeah. And I mean, Harley Quinn, to be honest, like, no, this could have been done by the SAS. Basically. Well, and that's that's the other thing that gets to me about this film is like Amanda Waller at the beginning is like, what would have happened if Superman, or it, well, it's actually David Harbour who says this, and he's like, what would have happened if Superman flew down and ripped the roof off the White House and kidnapped the president? What would we do? We need a team of super special people who could take him down. What is this team doing against <laughs> fucking Superman? Yeah. Like, how do they survive? Harley Quinn like, has her baseball been... bat. You know, he's famously okay. weak to baseball bats. Killer, he's terrified of human crocodiles. Um, definitely impervious to fire as Superman. Like, it's, it's... He never looks behind him and stuff. The, the boomerang will always catch him out. <laughs> Matt, what, what did oh, you again? think? Oh, my back. Oh, my back. I mean... Like, it... <laughs> The film it's the films like this always piss me off most because they have so much room for potential. You know, Indeed. the star as well. The cast is insane. The There's concept so much is a great concept. There. 
the the comics the franchise of comics is you know it's genius tap into mm-hmm. it, but again it kind of pulls back to what drew's already said the idea that these are the renegades you know the guardians of the galaxy the dc universe what they what they should have done is gone you know what marvel have got their guardians of the galaxy we aren't trying to make the guardians of the galaxy which is essentially what it kind of felt like to the general public <laughs> It's wow. that whether or not they set out to do that, once they went with the Bohemian Rhapsody edit, you know, that's all they're ever going to be compared against. Mm. With these actors, mm. the, the thing is, the actors could well have that same mentality when they're on set. You look at them and you're like, okay, so basically, you, you wouldn't even be surprised if it was brought up in a director's meeting. It's like, basically, guys, you guys are going to be the guardians of the galaxy of the DC universe because that's kind of how the whole thing feels. It's all a bit jokey. It's all a bit light. Nothing's ever really serious, even when things, even when they're up against real threat and risk, and you know the scales are tipped against them. Nothing's ever that serious. The whole yeah. sacrifice of El Diablo <clears throat> could have been amazing, but it was so underplayed. How many of this Suicide Squad die? Is it, <laughs> two? Two and one because yeah, he kills himself because he doesn't believe that he's going to get his head blown off. A one makes a gallant sacrifice. Yeah, a, a but heroic he's the sacrifice. reformed. He's the reformed gang banger. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. like the only one who could arguably have a journey to correction because the others are all just fucked in the head. He's the one who sacrifices hmm. himself. It's like well, he was the only one that clearly had any real morals. Then, what do you think? Do you think that the fact that um. Joss Whedon came in and did the Justice League and they obviously also got um, influenced from Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you think DC kind of fucked it up with make trying to make Suicide Squad like like Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, and I, I also wonder if there was an overcorrection. So um, it was too dark. Ba- Batman, the, Batman the... v Superman was slated for being too dark yeah like that was one of the things that a lot of people that were people were very vocal about not liking and it came out five months before this so it would have been during the edit when all when warner brothers would have seen the reviews of bvs and they've got david ayer who makes gritty dark movies and generally does it pretty well i've liked a few of his films Mm. and they clearly were just like right okay the, this is where we need to recorrect. Like we need to start. But this like, is... we've got Wonder Woman on the way, which is set mm. to be more sort of affirming and positive. Justice League at this point was probably still with Zack Snyder. Yeah, but they must have at that point they might have been like, okay, Zack's got Zack's got Justice League coming out in a year and a half, and that is going to be uh, pretty intense, you guys. So shall we kind of? Haven't have should we have a fun one? And yeah, I think they, I it's my issue with they fucked it up though. The problem, mm-hmm. what you're saying is exactly what's wrong is that Warner Brothers have fucked so much of this franchise up. Oh yeah, exactly. Because they yeah. never had yeah. the bollocks to run with. Yeah, you know what? It is fucking dark. Exactly. DC taps yeah, into a much DC. more real yeah, world man. story than Marvel does. Of yeah. course, yeah. we're dark. We're dealing I... with psychopaths and God knows what. You know, Gotham being the home of the, you know, the insane, you know, it taps into the psychology and stuff. They, if Warner Brothers had the bollocks to go, why, why, why are you comparing us to Marvel? We're nothing like Marvel. Look at our comic books. We work in a dark realm. Our comic book universe is really fucking dark. Of course we're darker. But they didn't with, you know, with Batman versus Superman. They went, oh yeah, sorry guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And because of that, they then fucked up the next stage of it. Exactly. And they kind of, they found their feet a bit like Aquaman. Wonder Woman is, is, is visually it's got the same kind of style, but it does have a more hopeful message. Um, and like Aquaman does okay. Shazam is I mean, fun as hell. just about okay mm. though. I'd say, you know, Aquaman isn't the strongest. Mm. And if you oh, look yeah. back to our episode, Def- you know, Drew, yeah. you scored it higher than... No, Andy and Ross really I pegged asleep, it down. So. It wasn't, a, yeah. you know, by this point, I think the damage is done to the regular punter. And this is why everyone loves the Snyder cut. And, you know, Warner Brothers must be sat there going, 
we fucked it, guys. We fucked it. Because mm. yeah, if they'd just stuck with the dark trajectory and gone, you know what? Yeah, this isn't going to appeal to those. Those of you that love the Marvel Universe, perhaps you're not going to like the DC Universe then. Sorry, yeah. can't win everyone. But then at least when they got to Justice League and if they'd stuck with the Schneider Cut from day one, obviously before everything went wrong on production and what have you, and you know Schneider had to step away. But if they'd stuck with that darker tone, then perhaps they wouldn't have had the success they've had with the Snyder Cut since. But there'd be a much clearer path in terms of what we can expect with Black Adam. You know, Wonder Woman 1984 perhaps wouldn't have happened and that could have been better for everybody too. You know, it's just, they just have no strings to their bow. Well, they've tried to tie a load of strings to their bow and actually what it's done is just snapped it all. There's nothing to it. I think what uh, another th- thing that I want to talk about is the introduction of a new Joker since Heath Ledger. Um, <laughs> what did we think of Jared Leto's Leto's uh, I mean, performance? He was damaged, wasn't he? he, was, he was, I, I did not like it. It was almost written on his forehead. I I found it. It was sort of similar to Heath Ledger's Joker in the, in terms of how he spoke, but mm. then also to have. I don't know. I didn't like him as a sort of like mob boss kind of thing. Yeah. Like, did you like him in um, the ex- the uh, Zack Snyder release? Because he's in the little bit of end there. Nah, I mean, it was not enough for me to like. Yeah. But oh, just interesting. Yeah. I didn't like him. I like. I think it was all all kind of just weird. It wasn't the joke. It was like Jared Leto, Jared Leto playing the Joker. Like, I, why is I he mean, like, really, why is he shirtless you really, so You much? really think that that's that's what Jared Leto is like in real life? <laughs> I'd be like, so I, concerned I, if he he's was. He's definitely shirtless all the time. Yeah. I, I honestly thought that it was completely fine. I thought the tattooed, laughing mouth on the back of his hand so he could cover his mouth and do the laugh was really cool. I thought, for me, I was like, yeah, okay, making him like a... Uh, a <clears throat> well someone with like a grill and all the tattoos and being a bit of a gangster like he's the crime prince of gotham like yeah. that's i feel like it's a valid interpretation particularly from Ayo, who made things like end of watch who is about being gritty and they were trying to find a realistic way of portraying it and you do have people like that like yeah i on i, I never understood the vitriol towards his behavior on set and like sending fucking used condoms to margot robbie and and dead rats in boxes if any of that's actually true that's messed up and that's over a line but in terms of his interpretation of the character i never had an issue with it and i never understood why it was so unpalatable to people i think it's because literally you've come back you, you he's filling in shoes that are so huge since Heath Ledger, I guess. I think, mm. I think people, people saw that movie and they were like, "That is the Joker." To, I, I guess. To be honest, people hated him from when the first or Mark Hamill picture was uh, picture was released of him, and it did have the damage and the grill and the ha 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 tattoos. Like, how long did he spend lying in a chair? Getting tattooed, ha ha ha! Like yeah. I think everyone well, made up their minds. Why not? He's then. crazy. Like mm. he yeah, is. Like, he's how long would that take? Like, would, you, would he be crazy for like two hours of a tattooed? Andy, like, people, get, people get people get ginormous <laughs> tattoos. What are you talking about? Tattoos yeah, but would he happen. be like? Would he just be crazy the whole time? Well, <laughs> just, no. Like, or would you? Okay, here be I mean, calm. It is, all right, just, let, let, it is a superhero <laughs> movie. There okay. is about. You're saying the most unrealistic thing to you that you're latching onto is that he wouldn't be able to sit still for twenty minutes to have someone tattoo ha 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 on him all right i think we've discussed this movie enough we could talk about um, it for longer we could talk about this um, i'm gonna go for scores for everyone uh so matt uh give me what your final thought is and a score out of five um my final thought is this movie like a few too many of the dc universe movies had bags and bags of potential that producers got way too involved and ultimately directors lost way too much of their voice and therefore it only seems fitting that I'm going to give it two and a half exploding neck grenades to ruin someone's voice out of five. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, Andy? Um, I I mean, the biggest thing for me, the biggest problem is trying to make bad people 
heroes or good. It's you know if they're bad people, the audience have got to want to root for them and stuff. And if you want, what was it, twelve or, or fifteen? The rating? It was I don't know, but like I, that. Yeah, again, it's a very hard thing to do for me. They just didn't. I don't know. Like I heard Will Smith made his character have the daughter root to make him more. But for me, I'm like, no, you're a villain. Like you would just. But anyway, I'm gonna give it. Um, one one pile one piece of shit. <laughs> wow, <laughs> one piece of sh- not even. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> uh, one piece of shit. <laughs> this movie's great to laugh along to and stuff, but yeah. do not watch this movie if you want to have like a good movie. <laughs> yeah, if you are, all right, cool, Andrew. Um, yeah, it's it's not great, but I am. Kind of like Matt was saying, I can see the potential and there are still, like, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is, she is fantastic in that role. Will Smith, just seeing Will Smith being, like, being the charming criminal who has a bit of banter with a prison guard and also just being a capable action hero, which we've not seen for a while, is enjoyable. Uh, um, um... Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, like she is scary as hell. She's great yeah. in that role. Mm-hmm. And so, however, it's a it is a pile of crap. It is it has been absolutely butchered. It makes no sense. We haven't covered we haven't even covered ten percent of the ginormous plot holes in this movie that just make absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to give it. Two briefly randomly introduced characters who do nothing for the rest of the movie out of five. (laughs) Uh, And I am going to give it uh, my final thought is it is a movie that is very confused. It doesn't know what it is. Um, Like Matt said, it's it's a it's a. It's a it's a camel designed by a committee. Uh, some people wanted it, it, it. That's the saying, isn't it? That's the saying. It's a camel well, design. A, a camel is a horse designed by a committee. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think I think really all you needed to if say was it's a camel. But yeah, it's got some humps. It's got it's, some humps it, to get over. It's it's a camel. Uh, it's a camel of a movie. Yeah, um, it's got some good performances and it's got some good moments in it. It's got it's got the legs of a good movie there mm. with some of the performances, but then it's shot down by, like you said, Drew, plot holes, over sexualization of Harley Quinn, um, and other and other bits. Like it's just unfortunately that the the companies the big companies got involved to change it. Uh, it would have been interesting to see what it was. So I'm going to give it. Uh, I'm going to give it 1.75 jokers surrounded by a a, a <laughs> circle of knives and guns and going, babies. Ah, ah, he, he laid ah. all those out that mental man yeah. spent an hour and a half laying all those out You think that's symmetrical. is Andy is that something a sane person does <laughs> Do you I, do that <laughs> Do you I get want, your knives I mean, out lay them out we may need an intervention just... at the end of this episode. I'm thinking. I love Andy. the fact, but it's the fact that Andy keeps saying that the Joker's illogical behaviour <laughs> doesn't make sense because he's crazy. It's like, but it's, but it's crazy. You're saying it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Did anyone else have pulled up that camera? Pulled up, and I was just like, who, who laid out? No, no, it Andy, is. That, it's no, a fa- it is a no, fair thought. No. It is. I, I understand that thought, but yeah. Either Matt or Drew, yes. who are the good w- working out people of the averages for this movie uh 1.75 a one uh what did you a give it Drew? and a 2.5 2. and a 2.5 what does that come out world. as we have scored suicide squad as our second lowest rated movie <laughs> just above wild wild west <laughs> Which oh, oh Will Smith. Smith. A lot. Oh Will Smith. I there was once upon a time I used to stand by the onus that Will Smith never made bad movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this podcast is making me realise that I am so wrong. One point eight one Suicide wow. Squad. We do not that recommend this movie. Not I feel sorry for the cast. They all got like matching tattoos of when they all yeah. were on that film. Like 
You've just erased well, that memory. Like, yeah, there's the I I was I was just scrolling some stuff. The first forty minutes of the movie were cut. Wow. And were turned into flashbacks. Like this movie oh, was butchered. Even this... from what they filmed. Mm. Yeah. They were on set probably being like, Yeah, this is gonna be pretty good. Mm. And then just like what the but they're fuck? the great a time. miniseries but it should have been. Bloody great time. Yeah. Yeah. Six or eight part miniseries, I guess what they would have done now on HBO and stuff, but yeah. Well, no, what they would have done now is give it to James Gunn and tell him to go buck wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we have discussed the movie, so I now think it's time to get your sequels pitched. So, as ever, you have the floor to pitch me your movie sequels to Suicide Squad. Then, after, I'll, I'll, I'm going to only ask you one question this time. Uh, and it's going to be a broad question that I'm going to ask everyone the same thing. Because uh, I feel that if I ask you questions, the rest of you guys, uh, I want longer for the debate bit. And so I want you to ask questions on each other um, rather than me say maybe the same things that you are also going to say. So I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm going to ask one one main overall one. And okay. that's it. Um, so I'm going to start with the person... Uh, that handed their pitch in last, <laughs> which is Drew. Again. Yeah. What did you get? Oh, and yes. I thought I would have been last this week, Drew. Oh, look oh no, at me. Well, well, Drew puts his in the fo- in our folder and then like adds to it as and then it I, goes. Yeah, I stop because I work on it over time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, but I don't just smash it all out in five minutes <laughs> like these chuckle fucks. <laughs> but yes, Drew, you were going to go first. All right. Uh, I just want you to go first anyway because... I want to hear yours. Yeah, yeah. I I I found this one quite hard. Um, yeah. So I've I've called mine Suicide Squad colon Forged Union so that it can be Suicide Squad F U. Nice. Um, just because it. it felt like it fit the tone um, that they wanted to go for. So Ooh. my movie is basically the Suicide Squad finding themselves going up against Amanda Waller and her new group of elite soldiers called Checkmate. Um, against the backdrop of a big metahuman fight in the background. So the movie opens and our squad are being assembled for a mission. It's basically the first half of the first movie compressed into about three minutes. So each character is arriving on a test range. They're getting on their gear. The audience sees all of their powers. New additions, you've got Parasite who can steal uh, some of people's abilities uh, bring in Raven, Bronze Tiger Vixen, Dr. Light um, and Bane and Poison Ivy from the Batman staple to join Deadshot and Killer Croc, Harley etc um, oh wait no although Deadshot isn't there um, and they sort of talk about the fact that they think he got released, they've not seen him for a while um, the radio chat is talking about a big thing. They're all sort of feeling a bit nervous. It sounds like it's going to be pretty major. Um, but then they're about to go, and then the radio comes on that Superman has shown up and ended the threat. Um, they all look a bit disappointed. They all go back to their cells, and the doors slam on them one by one. And when the last door slams, you it slams to title card, Suicide Squad, Forged Union, and then everything fades out except FU. And then there we go. Um, so we then have Amanda Waller, at another dinner with David Harbour, just like the first movie. Um, And they're talking about the fact that Superman has come back and they formed the Justice League and these big threats are just being dealt with really effectively. And so David Harbour asks about Task Force X and Wallace says she doesn't use them very much anymore. She uses her new team, Checkmate. They are her surgical strike team. They go in and do the dirty work where you need a bit more discretion, where the squad are not discreet. Um... She then, you sort of see footage of them doing a sort of black site infiltration of somewhere and she reveals they've gone to David Harbour's secret illegal hideout in the centre of the metropolis and they've taken out all of his evil crooked government men, killed them and taken samples from his like black site super weapon development lab that's making weapons from Kryptonian, Atlantean and Themyscira and stuff. Um, David Harbour's about to get mad, like looks like he's going to pull out a gun but she makes him sit down and she blackmails him with this information and tells him that um she's got it all under control and she'll expect his support in the future if she needs it and then she goes to meet her backer um uh, a little bit of time goes on and then you see the squad getting assembled to investigate uh, an actual threat they're sent to a remote area of probably the amazon jungle um 
I want real proper predator vibes. It's the first time they're all back together and introducing the new people. You get some banter. Um, Harley explains how she ended up back in Belle Reve and reveals she decided because after she broke up with the Joker in Birds of Prey and went on the run then, she decided she wanted to help people. And the best way to have to structure helping people would be to do it through the squad. So she allowed herself to get caught to go back to prison. Um, Boomerang's still a pervert. You see Parasite demonstrating his powers. So Boomerang kills a jaguar and then Parasite demonstrates that it can absorb some of its powers just after it dies and sort of tracks the surroundings as it uses its powers and stuff like that. Um, then the squads start getting hunted down and sort of shadowy figures are appearing. They kill off Bronze Tiger, they kill off Vixen um, and mainly to make the audience go, oh, so, okay, these are the ones who are going to get killed off early and that's it. But then, oh, I didn't... I, an, another another classic Batman villain who's in the lineup is Bane and Killer Croc and Bane, big-time Batman villains, get killed. So I, I want it to show that it's dangerous and you take out some actual classic villains that people have heard of. Um, the rest of the squad get surrounded. They're trying to fight back, but they're really struggling. But they eventually manage to escape, sort of tentatively doing a bit of teamwork. Um, as they're running, Flag gets the notification that they are all going to be blown up um, and is letting the countdown go. But the squad notice and they're like, bet they're saying, like, you look, why would they be blowing us up if we're retreating? Like, this makes no sense. Flag realizes something is off. He deactivates the bombs, but sends the message saying that they all blew up and that's the end of that scene it's very tense but he sort of starts to earn their trust a little bit more it is then revealed that waller watching on cameras is behind it all and it was her checkmate team who have been taking out the squad and there's a guy there called milton fine he says they're ready it's time um the checkmate team are collected in high-tech ships from the jungle they're transported to metropolis where they start causing absolute havoc with their what appear to be metahuman powers um and superman of course arrives and starts to fight them and you have sort of big action scenes but not showing superman too much in case henry cavill isn't coming back i don't know what the studio are doing at this point so i'm kind of handling it like shazam did and maybe you just see, only ever see him from the back but you still do the big fights um, Flag and the squad pick up transmissions that something is happening in Metropolis. Flag takes over the troop transport that's there to take him back. They all take it over and they go to Metropolis. They start getting to the city and they start saving people because um, that's what Harley's kind of pushing for them to do. The rest of them just want to work out what's going on and why they were going to be killed. Um, and you sort of see the public is still scared of them, but Harley is pushing them to do better. Um, they start encountering these metahumans um, at the sort of edge of the fight with Superman and Parasite tries to take on their powers but realises he can't because their powers are all mechanical in nature. They've been like done by machines. Um, they sort of look around, they fight a few more and they realise that the damage is happening kind of everywhere in the city except for one sort of tower block that has been completely unharmed. And the squad and the flag head there as Superman is starting to get overwhelmed by the checkmate people. Um, the squad, starting to work better as a team following Harley's lead, fight their way up and find a command centre. Um, Katana sacrifices herself so that she actually does something useful um, and lets them get in. The team realise that the masked metahuman who kills Katana is dead shot. He's gone mad. Is Will Smith basically just in for a cameo? He barely manages to tell them through his modifications that he wants to die, that Waller's been modifying people. Um to be like her private army and they kill will smith he's gone he's out of it he's in it for literally like two minutes um and they realize it's waller they go in harley pushes ahead and waller sort of surprises her she stabs her waller's dying flag then is like no she needs to be alive keep her alive and the team are like what why and he's just just, just do it um so they're like putting compression on her wounds they're keeping her alive he shows up it looks like he's sort of turned back and he feels bad but then he sends parasite in to learn from waller parasite touches her learns stuff in her brain takes on information from her um and learns how to shut down checkmate checkmate are coming there to try and stop them but they manage to sort of send the kill code. They all lose their powers. They just become normal people. And then Flag lets Waller bleed out. Um, all the while she's protesting that this was this was the only way that 
for to make sure that the world would be safe from Superman, he needed to be taken out. Um, they also finally learned the location of Milton Fine. They can they confront Milton and discover that he is the classic Superman villain Brainiac. He is a cyborg created on Krypton that went haywire and went out in space and has followed the final Kryptonian. Um, he analysed all of the people in the world and targeted Amanda Waller to manipulate as she was just so willfully driven, so convinced that she's always right and had access to huge resources. So um, he persuaded her of Superman's eventual turn to darkness and she kind of went along with it. Um, he tries to do the same with the squad and it, they might turn to him, but then they're just like, actually, no, we're not going to do that. Didn't you hear? We're crazy. And they kill him, discover that he was being mind controlled by a psychic link. Brainiac isn't there for real. Um, which leaves him available to fight Superman in a future movie if they wanted him to. Um, and then the squad have to go on the run with Flag because Waller was still working for the government as far as anyone knows. So they go on the run, they decide to go underground and try and do some good and a bit of bad. Who knows? The end. Nice. Mm, very nice. You've been throwing you in a bit the... of the Guardian line at the end there. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, th- that's that's what they've gone for. Like, yeah. I, it, yeah. I, I'm trying to match the tone that they... It still made a. It still made a lot of money. It might not have been a critical hit, but you know, yeah. five years later, maybe we'd get away with it. Uh, okay, my question uh, for you. Uh, this gives Andy and Matt a chance to hear what I'm going to ask them as well. Is why this story? What are you trying to say in your sequel? And what new thing are you bringing to the table for Suicide Squad? See, you said you were going to ask one. It sounds like you've asked me three questions. Well, it's kind of like one. You can just either. What are you trying to bring to the table Um, with this, with your Suicide Squad? So, I I think it's interesting that Andy said that they should make it a mini series. It it for a film series, you need growth and change. If it always ended with them going back to prison, and then some, and then they come out and do another fight, and then go back to prison at the end. It, it doesn't feel serialised. It feels really episodic. That would be fine for a TV show. It would be a cool TV show. But I don't think it would work for a trilogy of films. Um, I, I wanted Amanda Waller to have more of a character in the film because I think that she is really interesting and, and it's a wonderful performance and Viola Davis would do a great job. Um, and... I I did a bit of a bit of investigating, seeing what kind of I I found out about Checkmate. That's from the comics, and that Waller has this other team who are super cool. And I was like, oh well, that seems like an obvious thing to have like jealousy or rivalry between them. Mm-hmm. And had if I had more time in my real human life to bre- to crack the story, I'm sure I would have wanted it to be more about a rivalry between these two teams and be a bit more comic, but. I kind of ran out of time and so I just thought right okay I like the idea of addressing the fact that Superman can fix all the problems so the squad have fuck all to do and then I was like okay well let's have a big fight going on in the background so you've got the big superhuman fights but our squad are doing something smaller and more on the ground but in the midst of it and that's how I ended up with what I have very nice thank you Drew thank you you may relax um I'm going to go with Matt next. Matt, what is your sequel for Suicide Squad called? Okay, my title is Suicide Squad Second Sight. Um, Second Sight, very nice. So it's a natural sequel that also serves as a precursor to a couple of upcoming DC movies that are also lined up. Second Sight begins to tie in the Suicide Squad to the wider DCEU, ready for Justice League 2. Okay. Uh, Very nice. Shall I Thank begin? You. Yes, your time okay. starts now. Oh, time. Okay. We open in Balreve Penitentiary <laughs> once again, and we see Floyd and co. from the first movie doing exactly what they were in their introductory scenes from the first. Floyd's once again hitting his punch bag, boomerangs in his solitary confinement cell still, Crocs watching TV. The only signs that time has moved, on, has moved forward are the rewards from the first movie. We cut to Harley's cage and she's not there. The room's dark, it's been left with a hole in the wall uh, and we fade to black. We fade to the title 
Suicide Squad second sight, and it's Harley Quinn's hammer CGI smashes through the wordage to suggest that she's still very much in the movie. We learn from Crocs TV that this movie is set after Justice League. There's some quips between the guards and the prisoners, with one of the female guards saying that she wishes Wonder Woman wasn't just a pillow for little Flasher Boy. So that's like obviously a dig at Whedon's use of Wonder Woman in Justice League. Uh, <laughs> but obviously I've got to keep this canon to the cinematic universe. So <laughs> it does mean that Wonder Woman would essentially still just be over-sexualized and a bit of eye candy. Um, we we learned that the Suicide Squad, or Task Force X, is now joked about as Task Task Force X, as in ex-girlfriend, ex-lover, also like no longer important. This is actually met with a surprising amount of resentment from the members of the first movie, where clearly they they have lingering feelings of purpose, um, and they were tied to what they achieved. Uh, There's a sense of time passing through, like a montage of their daily grind and their daily lives, uh, which then the montage is interrupted when each of them is summoned out of their cages and their cells and brought to Walla. Stood next to Walla is the face of a man whom some may recognise. It's Joe Mang... Manganiello, <laughs> I can never say his name, a.k.a. Slade Wilson, <laughs> a.k.a. Deathstroke. Floyd immediately tenses up at the sight of him, and there's going to be a bit of a storyline running through the movie about their resentment towards each other. Perhaps, like, Deadshot was captured because of Deathstroke's tip-off or something, and the job went wrong. Anyway, there's exposition dialogue, and the team are essentially dispatched to track down and bring in the Joker and Harley Quinn bad times they're going against one of their uh, suicide squad buddies so the movie progresses a little and it comes to light that it's all a ruse um and the actual reason that deathstroke's there is to try and recruit the suicide squad to work for lex luther in him as they're plotting obviously to tip the scales in their favor against the new metahuman the superheroes etc floyd refuses straight up but boomerang and captain croc both accept Waller tries to activate their grenade necks, but it turns out that Lex Luthor's blocking it through some trigger mechanism and some gadgetry that he's got. I'm sure he can work that out. And the necklaces are then detached from those two and both attached to Floyd. Uh, Basically, once Luthor leaves, those triggers are going to go off and it's going to blow Deadshot up. But he manages not to die somehow. Um, I'll let the writers work that bit out. Uh, And he's picked up by Waller. Watching in the shadows is a pair of familiar red and blue shorts and legs. Sorry, I mean, it is the Whedon universe, so it's going to probably be a really cliche butt in the camera shot. Um, anyway, Floyd gets a lot of shit for letting them escape and is threatened that, he's, that he'd better find a way to track them down or we'll never see his daughter again. Just as the tensions rise, there's a laugh that shrills through the room. Of course, it's Harley Quinn and some of the birds of prey. Um, I put this in quotes, but I'm not going to try and do her accent. Uh, you were looking for me, lady. Well, here we are. Oh, but we aren't staying. We're just here to say hello to an old friend. And she smiles and winks at Deadshot. Turns out they saw everything and they were approached by Deathstroke similarly. But they managed to get away from him after he tried to kill them for refusing. They've got a bone to pick with him and now they want in. But only because they want some better friends, inverted commas. So, basically, Deadshot and the Birds of Prey hunt down Deathstroke with a couple of uh, and the two tra- traitors, along with a couple of new Suicide Squad members. Uh, you can introduce people like Bronze Tiger, King Shark. Um, they can have some exposition and backstory filler through the movie, but I haven't written it in. Quinn makes a comment that the Suicide Squad is her new favourite petting zoo to match all these animals that keep appearing and referenced through different villains uh the two factions end up meeting and fighting lots bronze tiger or killer shark can die probably bronze tiger as he doesn't appear in the comic book franchise so much one of the traitors killer croc let's kill him off as well he can die in some really cool way um eventually the suicide squad get their foothold and lex luther and deathstroke escape the problem is, as they're getting ready to take in Captain Boomerang, there's suddenly a darkness and a load of flashing yellow and a glint and a, a glint and a giant of a man has stood in their way. It's fucking Black Adam, isn't it? The new squad's no match and they get their asses absolutely <laughs> handed week to he's him. In these <laughs> Until, yeah. of course, Shazam appears, setting up that conflict for later down the line. Uh, he appears, saves the day. Uh, and it looks like he actually vanquishes Black Adam. 
uninterested in the mob that are lying on the floor he just kind of leaves them alone and leaves and waller arrives and picks up everybody and he takes them in including the birds of prey uh, she takes them in including the birds of prey there's then more exposition to set up the follow-up movies and of course one of the mid-credit scenes is going to be another flashing yellow spark where black adam was meant to have been vanquished because as we know he isn't done yet 2022 the end <laughs> Very nice. Uh, same question. What are you bringing to the table with this Suicide Squad? Um, this movie is purely serving to tie in the wider DCEU. Um, treating this as if it would be coming out before Black Adam, so be coming out in 2021. Um, this is about to hit the cinema. It's a reminder of some of the things that have gone on. It's a tie into the upcoming cinematic universe. And more importantly, it's bringing the Suicide Squad to a more forefront, a more frontal position within the DCEU. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Uh, you may relax now. And now, uh, lastly, but no means least, we are going to go with Andy. Yay. Okay. So, my title is called Suicide Squad Injustice. It's a newly formed Suicide Squad led by Amanda Waller have, uh, have to save the world in secret one more time, but this time they have help from an unlikely ally. Uh, so we open with Harley, uh, Margot Robbie and Joker, who I guess is still Jared Leto, in the midst of, midst of a plan. Joker is convincing, uh, convincingly sweet to Harley, and we think he's changed. Suddenly, Batman, Ben Affleck, appears and foils their plan. Before Joker is arrested, we see him strike Harley in frustration. Batman sees the bat symbol and arrives on the GCPD rooftop, thinking he'll find Gordon, but instead finds Amanda Waller. <clears throat> Waller says she has a job for Batman, but Batman says he's not up for sale and turns, away, turns to fly away, but Waller stops him by saying, I think it would be in your best interest to listen to what I have to say, Bruce Wayne. Uh, Batman reluctantly turns around. Uh, title, Suicide Squad, Injustice. In a sealed-off wing in Arkham Asylum, Catwoman, uh, Clayface, Poison Ivy, Deathstroke, Joker and Harley Quinn are rolled into a room when they're strapped up like Hannibal Lecter, in, uh, rolled in front of Waller. The characters have their introductions, some quips about asking why they're here, and they're trying to start fights with each other and threatening to break out. But Waller tells them that she needs them for a mission. But this time there will be no chips in their necks, uh, but she knows they won't run away um, as there's a big prize uh, basically to get, and she has someone to keep them in line, and in walks Batman. Uh, Waller says they have a deal. Waller says the, Aman uh, the American government has created a new bomb that's undetectable to all modern radar and tech, and they plan to use that bomb against a country and then blame it on another country starting a war. The plans are being discussed in a secret room in the Gotham government Pentagon, and the uh, squad's mission is to get into the building, retrieve the plans, and return them to Waller before they, uh, so she can destroy them. And they do that by staging a citywide takeover. The villains will run wild through Gotham and take the Pentagon hostage, and Batman will only come to save the day once the plans have been found and on, and on their way back to Waller. No evidence on Waller, and all the blame's on the villains, and Batman gets to save the day. Plus, they get to save America from doing something truly awful. On the way to the Gotham Pentagon, the squad on Batman are travelling and start, uh, start uh, travelling to their starting locations. We have a chance for some awkward comedy between the characters, like Joker tries to bury the hatchet with Bat Batman, but then tries to stab him, stab him in the back, but obviously Batman easily swats him away. Harley tries to console Joker, but he acts aggressively towards her again, and Ivy, comf uh, comf and Ivy comforts Harley, uh, and they share a small, sweet scene. We, uh, the truck stops and everyone leaves. Batman says he'll be watching them and flies to where Waller and a small group are hiding. And they've got a room set up with surveillance and all that lot. Uh, we have a small scene of the villains plotting what they secretly want to do. They all want to steal plans for their own reasons and either sell them or kidnap the engineer to build it and then bomb Gotham or the world, blah, blah, blah. Each one says, though, uh, at the end of their plan, that it will kill the Batman and we can, that could be in, like, unison. The government officials rock up to the, to the Pentagon, and uh, when they're safely away from the limo, Joker blows up with a rocket, forcing everyone to run inside. Clayface, Deathstroke, stay outside, causing mayhem, while inside Catwoman, Harley, Ivy, and Joker hold up the officials, looking for the plans. Catwoman sees a briefcase handcuffed to someone's uh, wrist, so thinking it's important, she cracks the code, opens it to find nothing. Not an empty briefcase, just not the, not the plans. Just then, Waller gets a message and tells Batman they found the plans and he can go save the city. As she leaves, Waller turns to a goon and says, are they ready? He nods and pushes a button. 
The villains are confused. Each character shows their disappointment, and Harley goes to console Joker again, but he pushes her, pushes her away like a sulking child. Ivy wonders why Waller lied, and when Batman appears ready to take them all down, and another fight breaks out. Suddenly, coming down the road to the Pentagon are humanoid robots that look a lot like Superman. Inside their chest is a small fragment of rock, which we go on to learn is from the Kryptonian rock Lex Luthor had. Uh, Waller purchased some from uh, Lex and worked with Hugo Strange to build these humanoids who have the power of Superman but aren't as strong, like kind of harsh Superman kind of. Uh, so one of the songs can refer to them as being bizarre, so they could be called bizarros. One of the officials asks why they keep talking about Waller. She hasn't worked for the government for years, as she was found wanting to kill everyone in the government and overthrow it, and then run for president and replace the army with these Kryptonioids. Batman realises that Waller wanted to, the squads and him to be in the same place at the same time, hoping Batman would be overpowered and killed, and then she would send in the Bizarros to kill the squad and the officials, but blame, the death, uh, but blame their death on the squad. Batman and the squad have no option but to team up and fight the Bizarros. They all agree to hold a truce for now. Joker nods, but then tries to stab Batman. Big fight with the Suicide, uh, suicide Squad and Batman versus the Bizarros. Sometimes they inadvertently work together. Maybe they like it, maybe they don't. We often see Joker running into the Batman's shot, trying to stab him, only for Batman to kick him back towards another Bizarro. At one point during the fight, Harley needs help from Joker, but Joker runs away and leaves her. Harley, uh, sorry, Ivy comes to help Harley, and they escape just before an explosion goes off. There's a moment between them. Eventually, they, they defeat all the humanoids, and Batman says he will give them a head start as he has to go stop the real villain. As Batman goes to where Waller last was, he sees the room is empty. The squad uh, go their separate ways, and the Joker beckons Harley, but she hesitates. Joker orders Harley, but she refuses, and instead walks over and holds Ivy's hand. Joker, pissed, runs away, and we end on a What Now? style ending. Mm, and the same question to you, Andy. What does your Suicide Squad bring to the table? Mine brings characters you already know and love, because I use the Batman universe, because no one cares about any other characters except for Batman. Um, and I wanted to bring a good, fun story. I wanted to bring all the uh, you know, idiosyncrasy. I wanted to bring little things to the characters, but I just didn't have time. Um, but yeah, I just wanted another fun, big story that at the end kind of leaves everyone open. Well, thank you. I've listened to your pitches, but now I think I'm going to leave it open to you to ask questions, to argue, to fight, uh, to draw blood upon each other's uh, pitches. Um, and then after that, I will make my decision upon who I think will win. Um, so the floor is yours. Whoever wants to go first, go first. I'm going straight in. Because Go. it feels really good to be sat on the other side of hearing a two-act pitch. Um, <laughs> Andy, what the fuck happened to the rest of your movie? Like, <laughs> thanks for the first half of it, but what happens in the second half of the movie? Is that going to be your trilogy pitch? No, you got the they got the first half, uh, first half, first half, the first act where they learn the plan and they have to go do it. Uh -huh. Second half, they're traveling and they have all little bits and we got goons and we're going to do this and all that uh -huh. lot. And then end of Act 2 is when they learn the big secret, and then uh -huh. big Act 3 fight, and that's the end. Okay, uh, sorry, I mean, yeah, I don't... I, uh, I feel like you said... That if the you want on two acts, I've got a pretty open. good chance then. Yeah, fair. You've maybe got two and a half. <laughs> um, the fact that you say it leaves everyone open, like, yeah, it really does, because everyone's just stood there and Batman runs off. They'll be like, uh, okay. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. It does cool. <laughs> If it, I like the resolution that Harvey has, that Harley has, has kind of abandoned Joker and gone over to Ivy. That's a lovely nod to the to the cartoon which is out at the moment, which is bloody great. Um, except like, there's no resolution that Amanda Waller gets away, Batman lets everyone get away, Joker gets away. That there's there's not much of an end. Mm -hmm. um, I also enjoyed. The, the Gotham Pentagon. Yeah. <laughs> like, the Pentagon's in Washington, yeah. and there's just one of them. No, no, no. Don't there's another one, one in every uh, city. Yeah, there's another one in Gotham. <laughs> I want that. You badly did. I, wrote, how much I was of so, this I was is so tired. Accurate. I wrote the White House, to... first of all. The yeah. first draft had White House all the way through, and I was like, there's no White House in Gotham. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 how much of yours is researched in comic book accurate? 
considering you have completely broken away from the DCEU? Uh, so at least once uh, Batman has joined with the Suicide Squad, but I think the one I saw, they went back in time or something. Um, yeah, but apart from that, no, it's all it's all original content. So this is your wacky imagination, is what you're saying? I love it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; I'm not fighting any of it. I just wondered if it was accurate to any research you'd done, because I, you were the one that's, that's gone away from the DCU, where Drew and I, I definitely went. We're gonna hold on to this because fuck, yeah. trying to make I, our own thing up. That's impressive because yeah, I literally I you you already like these characters basically because the IP that's already been established through decades of comics. I read Andy's and I was like, okay, let me search up uh, um, robot, Kryptonian robots. Uh, no, no, that's not in there. Uh, okay. uh, I was like, wow, he was, came up with all of it. I was yeah, really I, liked, I, liked the, I liked that you used Bizarro and Hugo Strange. I, I thought that was quite cool. But I, I, have to, I feel like Andy's was a bit like people have said that my pictures are overcomplicated. Fuck it now. <laughs> Andy's was, felt mad. I also... Like Batman is meant to be the world's greatest detective, and I I really do struggle. And this might be a personal thing for me. I struggle with the idea that Batman would be like, yeah, yeah, let's let my greatest nemesis and all of his mates <laughs> run riot in the city without bombs in their neck, and and I'll go in afterwards rather than say identity. me, That's me, the cleverest sneaky ninja <laughs> yeah, in the world, film, just going point. in on my own and film. getting it. If it was his film, yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. Like, it's I agree. It's not his film. An actual good red flag and one you actually care. It's not your film, Batman. No, no, but but but. If you're going to use Batman, (laughs) if you're going to use Batman, use him as Batman. Don't make him act in a way that doesn't make sense for the character. I I also would like to point out. Why not bring in another actor? No, it should be. Should be Batman. I I like Batman. But to stay within the universe, and also, I mean, obviously. Oh, oh, right! You have just dropped yourself in it. So this movie right here is meant to be part of the DCEU. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Interesting. Okay. Where I, does it fit in the timeline? <laughs> so, oh God, yeah. which time? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There is, let's, there let's, is also the issue that canonically Harley and Joker so we've have. Had, we've had Harley and Joker have broken up uh-huh. at the end of Birds of Prey. So, okay, so we went to we went from Suicide Squad. No, at the Squad, beginning of Birds of Prey. We went from Suicide Squad to Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Okay, when well, was Justice so, League? When was so in terms of release, it goes Suicide Squad. I wonder, like, I wonder, like two years after the original Suicide basically. Squad, Justice but League, Aquaman, Shazam, Birds of How Prey. How does um wait? So Birds of Prey uh, opens with them uh, without Harley. How does Birds of Prey end? Birds of Prey ends with Harley sort of running off into the distance, and the Birds of Prey being a slightly separate super team made of Huntress and Black Canary and. Hello everyone to sequel pitch. We are just uh, we're just uh, trying to fit Andy's yeah. pitch into uh, yeah, the so, timeline. Yeah, great that Andy's two years, right. two years after would... the first. Okay, so just after Justice League, fine. That's uh, fine. If, that's if, fine. If it's two that years, could, that yeah, could two work. years in the all right, universe, all right. or two years. But you guys have you guys I, I also, have talked. Hold on. Yeah, all right, we, one more point. Go- one more point, uh, uh, Drew, because you've all you've all talked about Annie's and Matt's. Matt's and Drew's have not really come. I mean, I've even exactly. gone off. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to talk about Matt. <laughs> I love that Matt comes steaming in and goes, "I'm having a go at a two act movie." <laughs> Here's his two acts. Yeah, come Here's on, his Matt. barely one act. What the first half is all the setup, and then the second half is the fight at the end yeah right doesn't need an act two yeah. I've given you an act one and an act three. <laughs> oh yeah no mine doesn't need an act two <laughs> at least mine has a conclusion mine has a conclusion I don't need one hey 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 I just bring you the pitch not the script love the it, writers no, you will don't even bring us the two. pitch we wanted a three act pitch you brought us a two no act I gave you I gave you all the points well, that you can add the second act I gave you all the points you can add the second act by you know introducing the bronze tiger and yeah, king shark. Excuse me, he's um, going on all. He's going on me so much about this, and now it's on him. He's like, hey, do with it what you want. Hey, no, no, no. I've just <laughs> yeah, told you. But hey, he's not. What he's I've not, done, not, he's what I've done is actually act. planted. Hey, hey, I've me. planted Don't the seeds of how I've you can make an act two. Act. I just, I just <laughs> didn't work out the act two because someone else can work it out because you, it's all about exposition. Oh, I'm sorry, is that character introduction? Yours, your act. It's more important to lose an act two than an act three. 
no. I didn't realize we were allowed hey. Uh, hey. people uh, help to help. Hey, hey, at least hey. I hey. end hey. the movie. The middle bit of the movie can be whatever you want it to be because ultimately that just <laughs> serves you it just one, serves so it to finish anything. the movie. Well, I mean, you haven't written an act three. Yours, everyone's just stood there twiddling their thumbs going, oh, is that the end of the movie? <laughs> oh, it's a wrap. Okay, well done, guys. It's a wrap. Congratulations. Do they have to? <laughs> Right, what about Drew's, though? Drew's? I didn't get Drew's. Mine was clearly perfect. I mean, Drew's... My my thing with Drew... Don't read my WhatsApp. Listen to my pitch. (laughs) I did, and that's why I have to read the WhatsApp. You know, there's there's some there's some certain elements that I very much like about Drews. I guess I could say, you know, I quite like the idea of giving Wallace some character growth, um, but you know, the fact that she turns bad is just a bit cliche, and the fact that we have to bring Spider Man uh, Spider Man into it, we have to even cross <laughs> franchises Jesus. just to try and make Drews work. No, we the fact <laughs> that we have to bring Superman into it, um, things like using Bane. Is such a wasted character when he was such a strong yeah, character in the Batman which trilogy. Are you using? And then you suddenly just kind of go, oh, to show oh, how yeah, bad this we is, haven't they die straight away. Off an established character, but yeah. we haven't, if we haven't learned about him, then we're not going to care as much. It's not. It's Van going, oh, we, it's, it's Bane, played by some random, and then he gets killed. It's a bit like... Well, no, he'd be played Bane. by a big-name actor, but the whole point is, the issue that I had with the first movie is, the, one, the two characters got killed off no one's ever heard of. There was no <laughs> jeopardy. If you set it up at the beginning that these famous... Batman villains and prime and usually the Suicide Squad is primarily made up of Batman villains but not entirely and if you kill off Killer Croc and fucking Bane then it shows that there is actual threat the, in this to movie. To the plan, though, because that would have been good. Unless they're important to well, the plan, then you're, again you're just killing off kind of. Well, names. yeah, they 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 are important to the plan. They're in the Suicide Squad. They get taken to the jungle to be the testers yeah. to see if to see if Checkmate are powerful enough to destroy metahumans, and they are. And so Brainiac's like, "Yep, they'll do. They've just killed Bane and Killer Croc and some others, and they've got them surrounded. Let's go." The huge, huge, huge thing with. <laughs> Drew's anyway is that he can't win because he basically just brings clones in so checkmate <laughs> is basically just an army of clones that have been powered up with metahuman powers <laughs> no. so you know this is the dc equivalent of cloning no 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 it's no, just no. finding no, no, no. some if humans I, no, they're not clones attaching <laughs> they're them not with clones cl- i i ripped off the other Winter Soldiers from Civil War. That's what I ripped off. So humans that have materials to clone them into something else. So, you know, it's no, DC's version clones. of clones. They've it's basically clones. Cybernetically augmented. What on earth are you talking about, It's basically about, clones. I mean, they're called right. Checkmate for a reason. But, you know, bringing in Will Smith, what? Brave. Uh, yeah, uh, famously, chess full of clones. <laughs> Enough. I have, I have, have decided who I am going to pick as this week's winner. Well done. Gallantly, all of you have written something. Uh, You've put pen to paper or finger to phone and wrote something, and it was there. So, well done. (laughs) However, there can only be one winner. So, if I I did key to keyboard, does that mean I've lost already? Uh, Yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, there you go. I'm going to pick as this week's winner to sequel pitch episode 23. I think it's episode 23, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. right. I'm right. Episode 23 is Matt Rushton. Yes! Oh, fuck. Oh, what is this? Really? Why? Why? You look at him. He knows he got lucky. Why? What? You only celebrate like that when yeah, you know you're you a pile of shit. Fucking, look at him. Ross, <laughs> explain yourself. We I... all brought piles of shit this week, let's be honest. That's all the biggest, though. And for some reason, that somehow it had a hole in the middle, and it was still the biggest. <laughs> because my writing team of genius, and they will fill okay. that hole hold with on, the hold most on. We've amazing got yeah, let's, So let's, let's hear Drew's Ross's justification. I like Drew's, but... I had to read it so many times, but it was much better when he when he spoke it. Oh, so you're saying thing. that what I did on the podcast for the listeners was perfectly good, but yeah. you're judging me on what you read. <laughs> no, but also beforehand. then then when I read it, I was like, yeah, it's good. I feel that it's a I don't know. There was just something I I didn't like about it. I'm sorry, dude. I think That's it was fair. very good. Um, we, we we don't always have to just we don't always have to be able to explain our feelings Andy, on these things. Andy, when I started reading yours and I read Gotham Pentagon and then they run out of the Gotham Pentagon to the White House in Gotham 
Uh, and you said that in the first original one that I read, it said they run to the White House. Uh, but yeah, it but doesn't matter. No, no, but that's not the that's not the pitch I brought you. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, which I'm not discounting. I'm just more the Gotham Pentagon thing. Um, but anyway, it wasn't just that. Um, I I like yours in terms of like you're bringing a new, new load of uh, Suicide Squad members and stuff and you're bringing in Batman and stuff, and I like that. However, I don't know, I just felt that Matt's just fit for me more so than your two. I don't know why. I just had it in my head. Even though I'm a fan of, you know, a missing act, clearly, because I've done that <laughs> twice now with Signs and now this. Yeah, both Matt. Um, yeah, yeah uh, both Matt's as well. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, he did pay me, so just pay me after <laughs> So that uh, Matt is our week's, week's winner, uh, and you are going to be picking our next movie, Matt. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to be doing next week? Okay, next time, gentlemen, you are pitching to me Space Jam. Oh, Ooh. so <laughs> what a we are going to be doing Space Jam. A lot worse than it is. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So there we have it. So our next uh, episode is going to be Space Jam. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. As ever, you can catch us on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you have an idea for your Space Jam sequel, let us know, even if it's literally two lines. Um, you might win the you might win the show if it's just two lines. Uh, Matt won with two acts, so, you know, who knows? First, first um, line, first act. Second yeah. line, third act, you'll win. You yeah. Already, uh... um, yeah, and if you want us to put you in a movie poster maybe we could do that as well uh, send us your face and maybe i'll do that who knows yeah so ladies and gentlemen thank you uh, it's gonna be goodbye from me it's goodbye from matt bye our winner yeah well done matt uh, it's goodbye from andy bye it's goodbye from drew goodbye everybody thank you all and we'll see you next time bye, bye. bye.